The Gospel of this Sunday, which is the first Sunday of the month Hatur, is about the parable of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sower and the seeds. And it will repeat it next Sunday too. The reason for that, because uh, our reading also related to the agricultural cycle in Egypt. And uh, this time is the time of sowing seeds. And the church it chose at the beginning of this season to repeat it as the people coming to be related to uh, their life. Of course, you don't have the same situation here. Uh, you are not farmers, but at least we benefit from it from the spiritual part, because this is an important parable with many uh, spiritual meaning. The first one is the importance to be fruitful. It is not enough in our spiritual life to pray, read the Bible, come to the church, take communion, fasting, which are all important things. But if these things which we practice does, don't reflect in our behavior, in our dealing with the people, in our understanding of the things, then there is no fruits. It is without purpose. So therefore, it is important that is we reflect in our life not only on practice, which are important, as I mentioned, but also how this reflected in our life. How I am becoming more patient, more forgiving, more able to tolerate the mistakes of the others, more able to build good relationship with the, with the people how being more deeper in my relationship with, with God. Secondly, we are to be fruitful, but not always equal. That's why he spoke about the good ground. Some they brought fruits 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100. It is mentioned in, in the uh, Gospel of St. Matthew, which you will be reading next Sunday. Which means God accepts even if we bring 30 fold. Usually, commonly, to get 30 is a failure. But for God, it is accepted. But why he is accepting 30, 60, and 100 fold? Because we are not giving equal. I just remind you of the, the par parable of the talents. When the master gave to one of his servants five, the other two, and the one got one. The one who is called wicked servant, the one who kept the one talent, he didn't bring any food. Even he is not 
he did not lose it. But just not bringing fruit is not accepted. But when he brought five, he got the same reward. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over few things. I will make me rural over many things. Enter into the joy of your masters. Exactly the same words, word by word, said to the one who brought two. Because, as it is mentioned in the, in the beginning, everyone was given according to his ability. So we are not equal in our abilities. A hermit living in the desert is not the same as a mother taking care of her home and children and husband and so on. Uh, persons who has a family and the responsibility is different than the one who's not yet have this responsibility and so on. So what is important for us to be fruitful is not to look about what we was, were given, or, or we are, was give, were given, or are given. But what is important is how we use what is given to us. Not to live, yes, if I am a monk, I will pray more. If I am not married, I will give more time to God. If you don't give time while what you will have, you will not be able to give time. So the important lesson which we learn from the servant who took two talents, he did not question why I was given only two, why I not was given five. He was not jealous about the one who was given, but he focused on what he received. And he worked on it, and he succeeded to achieve the same level which the one who was taken five. In the paradise of monks, there is a nice story about St. Macarius. St. Macarius, he was a great monk, a great father of, of monks. God wanted to teach him a lesson. To tell him about people who reached his level spiritually. So he guided him. So he expected him, expected God to guide him to the inner desert. To see hermit who went deeper than him in the desert. But for his surprise, God guided him to Alexandria, the city and to, went to the house. And when he knocked the door, he found two married women. And so, went, of course, they welcomed him very warmly, San Macarius coming to visit them. But he told them before do any things of hospitality, just I want to ask you what is your life, what is the, how you are living, for my benefit. So she told them we are simply married to two brothers. 
and every one of us has a son, baby. But we live together in love and love. We love each other. We help each other. Our husbands are poor people. They go to the field, they work hardly, and they come back. So we serve them. We offer a good atmosphere at home. Things some, sometimes is easy to speak about it, but hardly to achieve. Sometimes even people, they don't beg that his mother-in-law to come to visit. If the visit stayed longer, become a problem. And things which the, the, the essence of this story, that this simple two ladies who are married in the city with all the responsibility, they reached the essence of Christianity without going to the desert. How to live a life of love, loving one another. How to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you look to the, what St. Paul spoke about, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the letter to the Galatians, you find it a love, peace, joy, self-control, kindness, faithfulness. You can go and look to this story and how these two ladies, married ladies, achieve this. So to be fruitful, it's not depend where you are. It is depend who you are. It's depend on you. And that's why the story of this parable is the seeds are the seeds. There is no difference in the seeds. All the three grounds, they took the same opportunity to receive the seeds. But the problem was not in the seeds. The problem is not the, in the faith. The problem is not in the church. It's not the rules of the church. The problem always in us how we understand, how we follow, how we use these opportunities. So the three of them, the three grounds, they lost. They could not benefit from it. And if you go deeper in the cause of why they could not benefit from these seeds, I can tell you it is because of the mind. The mind. The one which fall in the wayside, they don't understand the word of God. They don't appreciate it. That's why Satan easily came and snatched this word. We have a treasure in our Christian faith, in our church. But if we don't understand this treasure, then easily Satan can doubt, snatch it. So this, on the wayside, they are in the church. They hear the word. They know, but they don't understand. They don't appreciate. That is, it's lost from them. The second ground, which is the stony ground, this is the people which they stumbled because of the tribulation and persecutions. Here, the problem is not the tribulations and persecution, but the problem how we perceive them. 
how we feel that is to struggle in our spiritual life. To suffer for the sake of Christ is a blessing. And it can strengthen us. But if we need easy Christianity, Christianity without cross, a spiritual life without struggle. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, he gets the analogy of a spiritual life like a war, warring with the spiritual powers of the power of, of Satan. If you want, when you start to pray, you expect to be like St. Arsenius in one week to be able to pray from the sun, sit to the sunrise. But you look to St. Arsenius, he struggled all his life to reach this. Repentance is not just few words you come and say it in confession or in prayer. But repentance is a life. You have to be taken serious. People take repentance easily. Okay, I will do sins. I come and say the sins, receive the absolution, and go and do the same thing. This is what not help in the spiritual life. We don't take it seriously. When Mary of Egypt repented, she took it seriously. And she struggled for 47 years, fighting against thoughts. The first 17 years in her life in the desert was very difficult. I'm not saying to repent to leave the world, but at least to, repeat, to, to leave the place of sin, the relationship which leads to sin, the atmosphere which leads you to, to sin. If you don't do this effort, then you will repeatedly go back and back and back. So the third ground, which the ground among the souls, you notice that is when God explains it, explains that is the problem with the caves of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches. It's not the riches itself. It's not the world itself. It is the caves from the world. It is the deceit. There are many rich people who are fruitful people. Being a rich or poor does not mean to be fruitful or not fruitful. It depends on how you deal with it. There are people who are poor, but they, don't, they are not fruitful because always complaining. There are people who are rich, but they are very fruitful. And when we pray in the, uh, for the departed people, we pray that is the soul to repose, God to repose the souls in the, in the bosom of our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And both of them, all these three were very rich, but they are fruitful at the same time. 
So the riches affected us when we don't will deal it in the right way. And Saint John Chrysostom spoke about the luxury, the selfishness, greedness, which come with misunderstanding of the riches and how it affects. He said it brings sharper than any thought, and it wastes the soul more than care, and causes more grievous pain both to the body and the soul. And it pricks more than the soul. So it affects the body uh, uh, more. So therefore, to be fruitful, you have a right mind. Right mind. And without the right mind, we, we will not be able to be fruitful. Unfortunately, when we lost this gift of enlightened mind, which we created in, when God created us, created Adam and Eve, they created them with an enlightened mind because they are connected to him, connected to the Logos, to the mind of God. But they lost this connection, like a lamp to lose a connection to electricity, become dark. And because the mind of man, of humanity, lost enlightenment, lightning, it ended by to go in evil, even to invent evil. Yani man start to use his mind to invent new kinds of evil. His, the humanity idea about God was distorted that start to worship the created things. But we thank God in his great love. He sent his logos, his mind, the son, to take our human nature and to become man, to renew our mind, to grant us again what we lost. And that's what we receive when we accept Christ and be baptized and to be granted a new nature with a new mind. But still, we have to keep this. As Adam and Eve required to keep this gift through obedience, unfortunately, they lost it through disobedience. We still also are required to keep this gift of the enlightened mind which we received in the baptism until we, God called us from this world. Those who succeed from that, they will be able to be permanently connected with the mind of God and permanently to have this enlightened uh, uh, mind. So this, therefore, we have to always connect it with the source of light, the true light. The thing which makes separation, cut this electricity, turn it off, is the sin. When sin enters between our mind and the source of light, then we lost this. It makes like a barrier. 
And that's why it's a continuous repentance. It to help us to be continue connected with the source of light. And continuous enlightened through reading of the word of God and prayer, it helps us to keep this connection. And the top of all is when, the, when Christ to abide in us and we in him through the mystery of the uh, Eucharist. The church granted us the mysteries to, to, to help us to restore the enlightened mind through the baptism and to continue in this connection through the repentance and, and guided by the Holy Spirit who guide us and guide our mind so we walk in the spirit and also to abide corporeally, not just spiritually, but our body and our spirits to be in Christ and the Christ in us. So the source of light to be inside us. That's why St. Paul is calling us to acquire the mind of Christ, to acquire the mind of Christ. And he said, I have been crucified. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So Christ lives in me, so not, not anymore. So I change. This is that. that. And, and that's why also he, he called us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? But the renewing of our mind. May our Lord Jesus Christ to enlighten our minds and to give us a life full of fruits. That is when we receive him. We receive him with this fruit, like the good and faithful servant to get the reward to be always in the joy of our Lord, to whom is glory now and forever. Amen. Amen.